You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 128 of the Well Women podcast. This episode is the birth control pill, also known as the hormonal contraceptive pill, oral contraceptive pill, and the pill. This episode, I really have been wanting to create an episode on this topic for a long time. If you think about it, this is episode 128, and we've never had a sole episode dedicated to the birth control pill. So it was about time we did it, don't you think? <laughs> so I reached out to Megan Haralampo on Instagram. She is known as the Biomedical Naturopath on Instagram. So if you want to go and check her out, you can look up the Biomedical Naturopath and you'll find her there as we get through this episode together. Now, the reason why I reached out to her specifically to talk about this topic is because she's an overqualified naturopath, literally. She's completed two degrees, one in a Bachelor of Biomedical Science and the other a Bachelor of Clinical Sciences. She's dedicated her entire career to learning everything she can about women's health, from hormones, mental health, getting off hormonal contraceptives, pregnancy, postnatal care, and everything in between. Megan's made it her mission to help women all over the globe understand their bodies better. Why? Because you shouldn't need a doctor's degree just to know how your hormones work. I completely agree with that. Now, Megan and I in this episode dive into everything you need to know about the birth control pill. So we discuss what is the actual pill, like what is it, what does it do? We talk about how it works in the body and how it affects the body. So we talk about some of the common things and also when the birth control pill was introduced and how it now affects our body in this day and age. We also chat about different contraceptive choices and options, and there are a wide range of them. So we talk about natural contraceptive options and hormonal contraception options and the difference between the two. We also touch on what a non-ovulatory cycle is, how to come off the contraceptive pill with support and how you can do that yourself if you plan to, and including essential nutritional support for when you are either currently on the contraceptive pill or if you're thinking about coming off it as well. This episode covers everything my 16-year-old self wish she had have known when it came to the contraceptive pill. That's how old I was when I went on the pill. And these are the questions in this episode that I asked Megan that I wish I had have known. And so I want you to know them too. This episode is brought to you by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Megan, welcome to the Well Women podcast. 
great to be with you today. I'm super excited to get chatting. This is such a beautiful topic we're talking about because we've never talked about this topic on the podcast before around birth control, the pill, the contraceptive pill. But before we dive into it, what day of your cycle are you on and how are you feeling in this moment? The ultimate podcast I, I am day five. So mm-hmm. coming out of my menstrual phase and moving into my follicular phase and feeling good. I cleaned the house all day yesterday, so I was feeling really energetic. So I suppose today is actually a good day to be doing a podcast because I'm feeling more outward, more energetic, wanting to get mm-hmm. things done, tick off my to-do list, um, whereas I probably wouldn't be feeling like that in my logical phase. In roughly 14 days' time, no, you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't it interesting? I'd, I always It fascinates me so much how dramatically different our bodies can always feel from one pivotal point of our cycle and you could just look at the direct opposite side of the cycle um but here we are now tell us who are you what is it that you do and how have you come about to talk about the contraceptive pill my name is megan harrell lampo i'm a naturopath nutritionist i'm a herbalist i'm a sort of post pill balancing you know expert and all-round women's expert i started as a naturopath gosh six years ago now yeah about six years ago now and as all naturopaths do they kind of do everything at the start and then they kind of you know fall into I suppose what they really enjoy doing and I suppose that's kind of what I did I found that I really loved women's health and women's hormones and really, you know, just found my passion, I suppose, for like the inner workings of the female menstrual cycle. And then I really became passionate because of my own sort of dealings with the pill about helping women understand what the pill was actually doing to them. Because when I was a teenager and I went on the pill, I didn't know anything about it. It was just all my girlfriends were on it and it was just kind of the thing to do and you just kind of went on it. And then I get off the pill like eight, nine years later and then I go through my studies and my, you know, uh, sort of um, naturopathic, um, you know, studies as well. And I come out the other end and I realise that I've actually been on something that has really significantly impacted my body in so many different ways that I was really unaware of. And I think when you're young, you, A, don't really care because you're just like, I don't want to get pregnant pretty much. And I just want to have clear skin and I just want to have a bleed every month and you just kind of don't care. Um, But then you do kind of care when you're 25, 26, you know, maybe sort of maybe up to 30 where you're like, okay, I'm starting to think about what I'm putting in my body. And I do really wish someone had told me, even if I went on the pill for maybe two years, just to get me through, I suppose, my phase, you know, of just being a teenager. Maybe I wouldn't have been on it for 10 years. You know, I might have just gone on it for a couple of years, you know, or maybe I could have learnt more about my body and not needed it at all because I didn't know about, you know, menstrual cycles and ovulation and you can't get pregnant every single day of your cycle because that's basically all you're taught in sexual education in Australia. It's basically like how to put a condom on a banana and then... (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It literally is like put a condom on a banana and 
don't ever have sex um, anytime because you basically can get pregnant at any single opportunity. So it's like, you know, you there's no opportunity or even you're never even given an opportunity to, you know, learn about your cycle at all. And so I went on the pill. I was on the pill. So I was 25, 26. And then I came off it and then I had all these problems afterwards. I had post-pill acne, um, which was awful. I dealt with post-pill acne for like two years because I had no idea what was going on. I had literally no libido. I had, you know, all these sort of other wide-ranging. So I had multiple nutritional deficiencies and really low adrenal function afterwards after being on this pill, you know, for such a long period of time. And it took me a long time to figure out you know, what was actually going on with my body and how to fix it. And I suppose that's kind of where I've fallen into this is because, you know, more young girls, I suppose, need to know what this is actually doing to their body. I think you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, it's fine. Just go on it and come back to me when you want to get pregnant, you know, when you want to have a baby when you're like 30. But if you're dealing with a hormonal condition, like I was, thank you know, I'm lucky I didn't have any issues getting pregnant, but a lot of women do. Like, you know, they go on it for endo or PCOS or whatever it is, and then they're on this thing for like 10 years and they come off and they want to have a baby, but they've had this hormonal condition that they've been dealing with for 10 years that has literally just been suppressed and told to like, you know, batten down the hatches until you come off it. And then it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to come out and show you what's really going on. And then you then have to deal with it at that point whereas you could have been dealing with it and working with your body for the last 10 years to really set you up and prepare you for, you know, fertility and pregnancy. And even if you don't want to get pregnant, fertility Mm -hmm. is a vital sign. It tells you that, you know, your body is working. It's not just about pregnancy and not getting pregnant. It's so much more than that as well. It really is so much more than that. It's so fascinating, you know, as a natural fertility teacher and educator in the level two component of the course that I studied They state that through clinical research that 50% of women who fall pregnant have conducted preconception care. Mm, Preconception care isn't trying to just conceive. Preconception care, in my mind, is ultimately working with your cycle to have a healthy cycle. Regardless if you're 22 and you don't want to start a family till you're in your 30s, it's still considered preconception care. And it's... um, it's just absolutely blows my mind, but it's so interesting too, because very similar to yourself, Megan, you know, I was 15 and a half when I got my period. And then I was at the age of 16, I went on the contraceptive pill, had my first boyfriend. And that was just like the thing that everybody did. There was no instruction or education around it. It was just like, you do that. So you don't get pregnant. And then I literally thought for years following that my bleed whilst on the contraceptive pill was a bleed like everybody else. And I still thought, that I could just, you know, I knew I wouldn't make a baby, but then I always thought, well, like, I don't need to worry about it because I'm on the contraceptive pill. And so, you know, fertility must be fine, right? Like fertility is restored <laughs> and, and held positive on the contraceptive pill. But, you know, we're learning so much more now. And, you know, I was on the pill for 12 years and I have other episodes if people want to learn about that per- personal story about coming off the pill and then getting PCOS. But there's so many different options and miseducation around one conception, particularly hormonal contraception for younger people. Um, and then different reasons why we go on contraception, but let's just get the nitty gritty details of the, the contraceptive pill, the birth control pill. So tell us, how does that actually work in our body? How does the birth control pill work? 
In the most simplistic sense, and I'm going to say probably from the outset, it really kind of doesn't matter what you're on because a lot of women will come to me and be like, oh, does the Nuva Ring do this? Does the Depot Shop do this? Does the whatever birth control? So I would say in a general sense that all birth control pills, and I'll talk about the copper IUD and the IUD, the hormonal IUD, the Marina, again, they're still impacting on your cycle somewhat, but in a different way. But most birth control pills are basically flooding your body with synthetic hormones, whether that be synthetic estrogen, which isn't your body's natural estrogen, synthetic progesterone, which is not natural progesterone, it's progestin. And that flooding of the hormones within your system basically shuts down the communication between your brain talking to your ovaries. It changes the mucus consistency. So you basically produce no mucus. So it doesn't allow for that sperm to then go up to the egg as well. It thins your uterine lining. So to health, have a healthy baby, this is one of the ways it prevents pregnancy. You need a uterine lining that's great or an endometrial thickness of at least seven mils. And when you're on the birth control pill, you basically grow a lining of less than five mils. So implantation, even if an egg by one, a sperm, even by any chance was able to get past, you know, or even get up into the egg because there was no cervical mucus, but by chance it even got there, it wouldn't even be able to implant because your endometrial lining isn't even thick enough anyway. So it's really completely shutting down your entire brain communicating with your endocrine system mm. and not only that it's you know your brain talking to your over to your adrenal glands so one of the ways why it's so great with skin is because it decreases testosterone production how do we do that testosterone production comes from our adrenal glands and so to stop that you take the pill there is a you know dysregulation between the pill speaking to your um to your adrenal gland and so you then you get a down regulation in your testosterone production so it's a it's not just the ovaries it's your cervix it's your uterus it's your adrenal glands it's your you know and i can go on it's your thyroid it's your it's mental the entire health entire endocrine system it is actually the world's any ultimate endocrine disruptor right it's just it's and it. the interesting thing that i am um, uh, you know, like something you don't know about me, but, um, and some of the listeners might have listened to other episodes is I, I spent seven years working as a food science formulator in a manufacturing Amazing. warehouse. And so I'm very passionate about learning about where elements come from in the history of them, you know, like the calorie calorie equation, where did that come from? And the recommended daily announcement intakes, like where did they start? And if you look at that and you apply that concept to the pill, where did the contraceptive pill start and why did the contraceptive pill begin and where was it introduced and who created it? And so it's, it's quite fascinating to see, and like I might be speaking out of politicalness here, but non-politicalness is that if we look at the correspondence and I want to hear your thoughts on this, Megan, but the correspondence of when the pill was introduced around the forties, and then the change of fertility and women's health over the last 60 to 80 years and the challenge that we currently have with fertility is just insane. However, yeah. I do strongly feel that we have a lot of challenges with fertility because most women just don't understand how their fertility system works in their body, which is their endocrine system. Yeah. And yeah. I love that you mentioned that the pill shuts down the mucus production because just a little side note is that. The cervical mucus, if it's mucus from your cervix, not arousal fluid, it yes. actually feeds the sperm. It kind of gives the sperm a house to live in. It's like, hey, come hang out with me. We'll, we'll chill together at the campsite until the egg has made its arrival. 
That's right. It like feeds it and nourishes us on its treacherous journey along yeah. the way up to the egg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So what it, when we look at that, um, like, the, like the statement, the question I, I guess I'm asking is, you know, why would someone today go on the contraceptive pill if that was a, an option for them or they're looking for a contraception? Why would they choose the pill over other forms of contraception if they're wanting a hormonal form of contraception? And actually wanting to choose a hormonal seat. I think most of the time, and look, I am disproportionate probably in the type of people that I see because, you know, I see a type of person. Um I would say that most people who come to see me don't genuinely realise the effects of the hormonal birth control. So they go on it and then maybe after a period of time, you know, and we are really fortunate in this day and age where we have access to a lot of information now so we can actually get this information, not like back when I was growing up. There was like MySpace and MSN Messenger, literally there was nothing. There was no Instagram people. There was dial-up. Do you remember the age of dial-up? You know, where you're like waiting for the web page to buffer and load. I think there is. I genuinely, genuinely believe that there is just a lack of understanding, and so people think that it's not that big a deal, and so then just go on it because they're like, oh, it's not that. And so I think it's really that they choose to go on it because they don't fully understand it. Education. You know. It's education, yeah. That's what I genuinely believe. Like think back to kind of what your comment was, you know, the pill got, the first pill got um, uh, approved in Australia in the 1960s. It was made by two scientists and when they first developed the oral contraceptive pills, they obviously didn't have a pill bleed in it because you didn't need to. It didn't matter because you're not actually having a period. And what they found when they took it to market was women felt really uncomfortable being on it because they weren't getting a bleed and they thought they were pregnant. So the guys went away, these two men, mind, mind, mind you, went away, went back and go, went go back and go, how are we going to fix this problem? So they developed the how can we make them bleed so they developed the sugar pills that we now take to basically make women think that they're having a period and that's kind of how it all started so that tricky yeah like it is mischievously well you think you're going to have a bleed but it's not really the bleed that you think you're having um it's so yeah super interesting um Thank you for that little history insight. I love that. Sorry, yes. I love, no, don't be sorry. I love it. Um, okay. Now you mentioned earlier a few of the, the, the things that the pill does to the body and then you kind of touched on some of the common side effects. So yes. what are the most common effects? Like I know you mentioned about like acne, how, you know, no testosterone can suppress the fact that your body may, might not produce acne, particularly for teenagers, you know, as they're going through that teen tween transition through menarche. But what does the, the contraceptive pill, so many names for it, birth control pill, oral contraception, what does that do or how does that affect the body? It's wide ranging. So in terms of our period, so we stop getting a period, the IUD is slightly different. So with some women, when they take the IUD, um, they can still ovulate on it. So there has been a subset of people who are like, well, look, if you have to go on something, you know, the IUD might be the best option. But in saying that, those uh, the IUD has significant mood effects for a lot of women. So, and that's the other thing. So mood changes are quite significant, significant PMS, depression, anxiety. There was a study done um, on teenagers aged 15 to 
I'm not going to get the name, I think it's 15 to 19 year olds. And there was a significant increase, um, you know, in depression and anxiety within the women taking the oral contraceptive pill. Gut health is massive. So there was another study done on Crohn's disease and the pill. Taking the pill increased your risk of getting Crohn's disease by 300%. What? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And I know. For, those, for those who don't know, Crohn's disease, like there's other things that come before you get Crohn's. Exactly. Like there's, yeah, I've had leaky gut <laughs> you know, and I grew up in a family of celiacs and I've been gluten-free for 20 years. So there's a lot of things that come before you, wow, that's insane. Proceed. Sorry. <laughs> And look, it creates widespread disruption of the microbiome, creates widespread, you know, inflammation within the gut microbiome. It creates massive nutritional deficiencies, particularly B6, folate, B12, um, magnesium, zinc, all these massive nutrients. Iodine is huge. Um, it disrupts your thyroid function. You know, it disrupts your adrenals. It um, can, there is a small risk of blood clots in the right person. And, you know, that, you know, there's a 1.5% chance, you know, of you developing a blood clot while you're on um, a birth control pill. There are certain birth controls that are worse. So the higher the estrogen level, the worse the blood clot risk. So, you know, Yasmin, Yaz, you know, Dian, 30s and 50s, those kind of drugs. Um, yeah, they can sort of have the more higher blood clot, blood clot risk. Literally no libido because you're turning off your testosterone production. So you're on a pill that makes you not get pregnant, but you don't actually feel like having sex and at the same time anyway. And libido also comes down to that, like before we hit record, we're talking about the ebbs and flows of the menstrual cycle and how you're in your inner spring and I'm post-ovulation, so I'm in early inner autumn. And your libido is pretty much a reflection of how your cervix is moving within you but then also what your cervix is producing aka cervical mucus and then also the rate in which the hormones are the levels of the hormones that they're contributing to whether you're leading towards ovulation or you're leading towards menstruation like mic drop <laughs> i know like if you're coming up to ovulation and i know when i'm coming up to ovulation because i'll be like oh i feel like having sex with my husband at the moment because i'm in my obvious like i'm coming up to wanting to you know make a baby your body is always trying to make you get pregnant essentially um and so you're moving with that and i think as well if you honor that and you understand that you're not always going to want to have sex every single day like a man because a man just wakes up, has the same amount of testosterone every single day. We don't work like that. We are cyclical in nature. You know, we, we cycle, you know, and there are ebbs and flows. And I think the more we work with that rather than working against it, I think life gets a lot easier because you understand like, oh, today I don't really feel like going out. Why am I feeling so sort of down and a bit moody? Like, oh, I am coming into my period. Like, that's okay. Like, we don't have to be the exact same person every single day. Of course, there are times when, you know, mood issues are significant and really causing a massive disruption. Of course, you know, there are things that can, you know, go, you know, go awry with that and we can, you know, we can talk about that. But, yeah, I think the more we honour our cycle and understand our cycle, the better equipped we are to, you know, work with it in our daily life as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Amazing. These are re- like, I'm loving Obviously this. preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm really loving this because this is all the stuff that I wish I had have known, you know, before I came off the contraceptive pill. And like my journey, I had leaky gut whilst I was on the pill. No surprise there, right? Yep. <laughs> but I had everything in my life was extreme. I was the anal health person, right? Everything was to the T because I was really sick with leaky gut for a a few years. And I just went really back to basics and I stripped everything out of my life, even having tea bags 
You know, I would make my own herbal tea. And it was so structured, but the only thing I hadn't yet done was come off the contraceptive pill. And at the time through that journey, you know, I would, I I always went to the doctors, like every six months, I still do that just to get bloods done and see where my body's at. That's also preconception care. And I, um, you know, was always asking, Hey, look, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not really with a partner right now. Do I need to be on the contraceptive pill? You know, it's probably better just to stay on it than to come on, like come off it and then go back on it and, you know, yo-yo with the pill. So that's why I was on it for 12 years straight. And I only think I missed two pill bleeds twice. Now, it's very interesting. And then when I learned about the fact that it's like an, um, a non-ovulatory cycle, let's just talk really briefly about that because I'm sure there are menstruators, born menstruators, listening to this who are on the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Can you just share what a non-ovulatory cycle is and why you have a non-ovulatory cycle on the pill? And then we'll transition to like what you can do if you're going to come off the pill. Sure. Okay. So a non-ovulatory cycle basically means that you haven't released an egg. So to release an egg, what needs to happen is you you get a surge in estrogen right before you get that peak, um, you know, in LH. And it's really that surging estrogen before ovulation that triggers the release of an egg. So when you're on the pill, you don't make estrogen. You don't make progesterone. Those things don't exist. So when you have a non-ovulatory bleed, what what we would call a pill bleed or withdrawal bleed, is you've built up an endometrial lining because of synthetic estrogen. Mm-hmm. So synthetic estrogen goes in, builds up the lining for you, but that's not because of, you know, your natural estrogen building up the lining and then you, ov- so when you ovulate, you release an egg and then 11 to 14 days later, all those hormones, if you don't, you know, the egg doesn't implant, then all those hormones drop down and then the the signaling of those low hormones is then what triggers the period. So when you're on the pill, you get that building up of the endometrial lining. And then the only thing that trick tells your body that, you know, you need to have a bleed is because you stop taking synthetic hormones. So it's like a fake way of telling your body that you didn't get pregnant, I suppose, if you even want to call it that. And yeah. then you get the low hormone levels and then the low, you know, low estrogen, you know, the estrogen leaves your body, the progesterone will fake progesterone, I'll call it progestin leaves your body. And then we get a pill bleed. So mm. you're, your body, your body's natural hormone production didn't build up that lining to then release an egg. And really a non-ovulatory cycle is the fact that you didn't release an egg. There was no egg released, which then didn't tell you that you got pregnant or not pregnant and, you know, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Non-ovulatory is (laughs) non-ovulating. Not ovulating. Not ovulating. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception, gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off.
a thought that just came to mind is a lot of, and I've never been someone who's experienced period pain, very challenging. I've generally lived a quite healthy athletic life, you know, most of my life, nearly all of my life. You know, I started swimming at six months old because my mum was a swim teacher. You know, I've always been into that stuff, but I was the tomboy, all that that jazz. But there are a lot of menstruators who experience a lot of period pain. And that's one of the, the main reasons why they go on the contraceptive pill. Why? do they have period pain on a natural cycle? So a natural cycle is one that has no hormonal um, or synthetic hormonal influence versus on the contraceptive pill, even though they still have a bleed of a thinner uterine lining, they don't have the period pain. So it's still somewhat called a period or a bleed, right? But they're totally different. So why, like, what's the, how does, I know the answer to this, but how does the, the pill stop period pain because you're not you making your own hormones okay because when you so period pain and look you know if you've got endometriosis or whatever it is like endometriosis is you know sensitive to the call of estrogen you know prostaglandin levels or and that's what our inflammatory response is you know that's what period pain is it's it comes from prostaglandin levels which are inflammation markers Estrogen, how much estrogen you're making is a direct reflection of how many prostaglandins you're making. So if you have a huge, you know, estrogen load or you're, you know, working with your own hormones, that's exactly what causes period pain. So when you're on the pill, you're not making any of that. Again, it's like your whole system has shut down. Mm-hmm. So you, you have a fire still raging. It's just being told to basically shut down for a little bit. You just, we're going to put a lid on you. And we're, we're just going to make sure you, so that fire, that endometrium, if you have endo, that fire will still rage. If you have inflammation, that will still rage. But the pill is basically masking that fire. So it's, you know, it's like trying to, I don't know, it's like taking the fire alarm out of the house with the fire still raging. Mm. So you're not getting an alarm anymore, but that fire is still burning. And that suppressed. fire might burn, it's just suppressed. So you don't yep. feel it. You don't, you don't feel the symptoms. And so. That's why you go on the pill for 10 years and then you come off and then you're like, whoa, we're not, no, we're not going to do that because your body has just been like, it's a simmering waiting for you to get off basically <laughs> right? to go, yeah, crazy, right? Kaboom. Uh, yeah, and that happens to a lot of women, you know. They mm. come off it and they go, wow, that was really significant change from the period pain because you're now dealing with your own hormones, you know, and you haven't dealt with the hormonal imbalance. The pill's not balancing anything. It's literally not doing anything. It's just stopping you from having any symptoms whatsoever. Yeah. And then eventually you're going to want to get it off because you don't want to be on the pill till you're 50, you know. Yep. So we kind of need to have a bleed because we need healthy breast tissue, um, healthy bone tissue. Like there are so many other things that I could get into that the pill does. Like you, when you're on the pill, you don't make progesterone and estrogen. And so you don't make bone. And so your peak bone mass is reached at the age of 25. So from 18 to 25, you're building bone to prevent yourself from getting osteoporosis later in life. When you're on the pill, you're not making that. So estrogen grows and strengthens your bone, but the progesterone is really important for growing bone. So Mm. that estrogen is keeping that bone strong, but the progesterone is making new bone. If you're on the pill, you don't make those hormones. So we have these huge windows of opportunity for women to make bone. And I was on it, like I started on it at 18, you know, I was on it till I was 25. So I was pretty much smacked. And that's when most women go on it is for that time period. And so I wonder now, will women start to get osteoporosis like earlier in life? Because we're not reaching that peak bone mass as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not just 
yeah, you know, not getting pregnant and all of these things that we you normally associate with a pill, the effects are so wide ranging and they are long lasting too. You know, yeah. I can't ever get that back with my bone health ever. That just, it's never going to happen. You know, I've already tried to meet, meet it, you know, eight, nine years ago. I can take calcium supplements and things like that, but my peak bone mass like time period has passed. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Just wow. I, a couple of the points I really want to make is period pain, even though we had that discussion about period pain and it's suppressing being on the a birth control pill, same thing happens with acne because that's the, another big reason, right? So if you experience acne, um, you know, and you've, you went on the contraceptive, if you're listening to this and you went on the pill because you had acne or you had period pain, do not be scared right now. And this is the second message. If you are on the contraceptive pill right now, don't be scared. Just take a nice long deep breath. Oh, thinking about this and remind yourself that you're listening to this episode for educational purposes. You're here to learn. So don't guilt yourself. Don't judge yourself for being on the pill. I did that. <laughs> and don't freak out with all this great information. Just know, okay, cool. I'm a little bit more informed now. And now I can make a, a, newer, form, a newer and a more informed decision moving forward with your contraceptive choices, right? So for those who are listening to this, who are like, oh my God, I would like to transition off the contraceptive pill, or I want to tell my best friend about this. What a, how would you do this? How would you come off the contraceptive pill if you could rewrite your knowledge? For me, I went cold turkey (laughs) and then I lost my period. period, I lost my non-ovulatory bleed for nine months. And then I discovered that I had PCOS. So for me, I like, when I work with women one-on-one and guide them through this process, there is a whole bunch of stuff that I do with them that I, would, I wish I had have done. So what do you encourage to your clients who are looking at changing their contraception choice from hormonal to non-hormonal? First step with most of the women who come to me wanting to transition off the pill is depending on what they went on it for depends on the length of preparation we do so if um a client had you know very significant period pain or knows that they have on you know endometriosis or pcos you know whatever it is a known sort of hormonal condition i will work with them for two to three months to prepare their body if it was just you know like myself i went on the pill to just for contraception, I didn't have any major dramas on it and I didn't have any major dramas before going on it, I do about a month worth of preparation. And so what does that preparation look like? It depends on the person. But for most people generally, I'll put them on some sort of magnesium, B vitamin complex of some sort. I will put them on a green tea extract to help prevent the post-pill acne coming back. That's particularly helpful for women with PCOS. With any woman who had Again, it depends on the person. You know, if you had no periods going off the pill, then I wouldn't give you things, you know, to suppress estrogen. I would just let your body do what it wants to do. But I would say mostly in the month leading up, it's really about nutritionally giving your body more nutrition. So as I said, magnesium, B vitamins, you know, iodine, zinc, a little bit of liver support as well, and a little bit of general gut health with glutamine and a few other bits and pieces as well. And then I give the body a space and some time to see what it's going to do because every woman is so different when they come off the pill. You know, you didn't get a period. The next person I might see is literally bleeding for two weeks, you know. So 
depending on what happens in that sort of one to three months coming off the pill depends on how I'm going to treat that person. So if you don't have a period, well, I'm going to give you things to help bring your period back or investigate why you don't have a period. If you come off that pill and you have extremely heavy periods and extremely painful periods, well, I'm going to treat you for estrogen detoxification and give you things to help with period pain, whether that be magnesium, vitamin B6, evening primrose oil, an anti-inflammatory diet or turmeric. I'll treat you like that. If you come off and you do have endometriosis, then we're managing your endometriosis with pain medication like PEA. I'm also treating the immune system because endometriosis is an immune condition. And also berberine I give to all my endo clients. It helps with the endometrial lesions as well. I also give B6, magnesium, uh, peony, chase tree, depending again on the client. But it's really that opportunity sort of, I suppose, that space between coming off it and, you know, kind of what your hormones are going to do really depends on what I'm going to do post-pill. You know, post-pill acne, I always give a green tea extract and a liver and gut cleanser just to help flush everything out because you've got to remember the skin is an organ. You know, we mm -hmm. have our areas of detoxification. And, yes, post-pill acne is very specific, which is why I give the green tea extract. The post-pill acne is a result of surging androgen levels as our bodies are trying to kick back into gear and rebound oil production. So the green tea extract really works on that. But... For some women, you know, that's, uh, I suppose, how do I want to put it? You know, there can be other reasons why you're getting post-pill acne. You know, it might be, it might not just be the surging androgens. It can be, as I said, you know, the skin is an organ of elimination. And, you know, if your pathways of drainage, so that be your liver and your gut, aren't working well to clear everything out, then if it can't do it, it's like, well, where else am I going to go? I'm going to go out on your skin. And mm. so... If that skin is, you know, coming out in breakouts and acne, that tells me that there needs to be extra gut and liver work done. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a whole new world. I always say that is. around learning anything to do with your cycle because it's, it is always like a whole new world because it, often when I run my workshops, the women who join are always like, how come no one told me this? And there's this like underlying rage or anger really um, and resentment. Um, but you only know what you know and don't judge yourself for that. And that's the whole purpose of progression and change and evolving. Um, thank you for sharing all of that because I know that there will be some listeners who are really eager to learn, okay, how can I do this in a supportive way? And I love that you mentioned that it, it's about the pre, oh, you know how I was talking about preconception care. It's about pre um, coming off the pill care. <laughs> you know, you, you want to support your body in, in the lead up to that, definitely. Um, now, a question and it's just a thought that I had is thinking about a large percentage of, I would say, fully, fully adult menstruators are much more aware of this natural contraception option and are willing to apply it. But for younger menstruators who are like teens and tweens who are starting to menstruate for the first time and then starting to become sexually active for the first few years of their life of sexual activity, the contraceptive pill is quite often, and having taught in a lot of schools to these age brackets, it's like the easy done fix kind of type type swipe on your phone fix, right? But what advice would you give younger teens and tweens, you know, around contraception? especially if they're thinking about going on the pill, what advice would you give them? And 
is it possible, do you think, for girls at this age bracket to apply natural contraception? I kind of feel that it is possible, but they'd have to be really, really open to doing so because it is quite a process and they're like, oh, I'm too cool for that. I don't have time for that shit. I've got to hang out with my friends. So what advice would you give those girls and menstruators? My advice would be, first off, know exactly what it is doing to your body. And then if you're okay with that, and look, as I said, I suppose at the start of the call, I might have been 18 and learned about all this and been like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to go on it anyway. But I might have also stopped it sooner. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wish potentially I might have had a little bit more knowledge around it. And even if you do still decide to go on it, really know that what it is doing to your body. This isn't a your body's being tricked into getting pregnant or you're having a period. Just know that when you take it, that communication is completely shut down and then you get an increased risk of all sorts of things. So, you know, you might be someone already suffering with mental health as a teenager. And you go, do I really want to go on the pill and increase my risk of, you know, twofold times being on a pill? Maybe not. I already have no libido as a teenager. Do I really want to decrease my libido any even more? Mm. Do I have blood clot risks in my family? Do I really want to go and go on a, you know, go on a pill that increases my risk even further? So I suppose having all that information might be able to then guide your decision better. And then if you don't decide to go on it, then find someone to teach you about your cycle because I agree with you I think as a society we think that teenagers don't because can't do it but I don't think that's true I just think we haven't been given the information or even the opportunity to actually learn it if I was a teenager I probably would have really liked to have learned it but I just you just didn't have that it just wasn't a thing I would say Mm, and I think it is becoming as you're saying cooler to be Mm. like you know, know your menstrual cycle and, you know, understand it. So I think it's becoming much more of a cooler thing these days. Um, and if you do decide to go on it, making sure you are supporting your body, you know, you and look, when I say supporting your body um, as much as you can, and I would just say nutritionally, you know, making sure you are on some sort of B vitamin or magnesium, you know, complex, making sure you are taking things to support your thyroid, like iodine, selenium and zinc, you know, making sure at least nutritionally you're supporting what the body is going to deplete of you, making sure you're keeping your gut health good, you know, making sure you're at least trying to mitigate it as much as possible you know it is hard because it's like as I said throwing fuel on the fire every day and you're basically trying to mop it up every day with a fire extinguisher and sometimes that doesn't always happen so Mm -hmm. doing what you can I suppose to kind of help it but I think at you know coming back to what I originally said knowing exactly what it's doing fully understanding what it is doing to your body And then making that call at that point, do I actually want to be on this or do I not want to be on that? I think it really comes back to being informed and understanding it. Information, I don't want to say information is power, but information is empowering. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. Amazing. Megan, thank you so much. We are pretty much out of time. Um, I could totally just keep rifting on this topic with you. Right. <laughs> um, you've given us and shared so much beautiful insight to the contraceptive pill, the birth control pill, the oral contraception, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, so thank you so much. And I'm sure there's some listeners who are like, oh, who's this Megan lady? She knows a lot about this stuff. Um, tell us, how can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about what it is that you do and what you offer around hormonal support and this journey? 
Yeah, sure. So um, you can, I'm better known as the biomedical naturopath on Instagram. You can find me on there most days, pretty much. I very excitingly will in about only about four weeks time, I'll bring, be bringing out my own hormone blood testing Bible. So if you want to know anything about your hormones, I will be telling you what hormones to go get tested, how, what levels they need to be and what higher level, low levels may, will mean. I will also be bringing out a transitioning off the pill program. So that will come out at the end of the year. And that is for anyone who wants to come off the pill. You will learn all about everything pretty much all your fears all your worries everything what foods to eat you know what to do for your gut your liver what you know um you know sort of menstrual cycle awareness you know programs are out there for you that really help with that too so um that's the best way to find me and if you as i said if you have any questions um instagram is probably where your best bet is to find me amazing that's how we met all the all the cool people are hanging out there i will pop all of those links in the show notes so people can link straight across to you i'll also include some um some links to some nutrition products that you mentioned like some of those essential nutrients for those transitioning off the contraceptive pill so i'll pop some links in for that too um but thank you so much for joining us i have one final question podcast question totally switching gears though because it's a it's on topic but also a little bit off topic is I ask all of our guests this question and it, I want you to think back, um, Megan, to your younger menstruating self, like that age where you got your period for the first time. And I'd love for you to share with us, what are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know about your cycle and your period and your overall, I guess, health as a woman? Uh, so when I got my period, I remember going up to my mum. I was just like, okay, hey, mum. So, um, like, I think I've got my period. I think um, I need, think you need to give me some things pretty much. Um, and my mum was very discreet and came up and gave me some things after that. What do I wish I knew bef- when I was back then that I know now? I wish I didn't feel like when I was a teenager, I felt really embarrassed about my period. Like I wish I didn't, like I was really embarrassed to buy tampons or embarrassed to buy pads or like just embarrassed to, like I wish there was more knowledge around the pill. Oh, sorry, not around the pill, around periods back then, like kind of what we have now. I wish mm. I had that, you know, um, and I wish I had more knowledge in, around that back then. I, what else? I wish that I knew that I couldn't get pregnant every single day of my cycle. And I wish I knew more about my moods and how they change around my cycle. Because looking back then, I could probably see like how my moods changed quite a lot over my cycle. And I now know, I know about them now, but I didn't know about them back then. And I do wish I knew about that. Right. Absolutely. Like, oh, I wish I knew all of those things, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things um but if you're if you're a younger menstruator listening to this you know embody those things don't be embarrassed know that you can't get pregnant every single day of your cycle there are many days of your cycle where you could potentially fall pregnant but knowing your cycle especially applying natural fertility though it's such an easy thing and it's free once you learn it it's free for the rest of your cycle life literally and once you know it it's super easy yeah you can't once you learn it you can't unlearn it um, and it just has so many aha moments every time you're like, oh my God, I'm really slippery. I'm ovulating. <laughs> you just know. I know. I always talk to my clients. They're like, how do I know I'm ovulating? You're like, it's wet and slippery and you'll feel it all. Like you'll just be like, I need to wear a liner those days. That's what I call it. Like you have so many nerve endings at your vagina that allow you to feel this. Don't worry. You'll feel it. Yeah. You'll feel the sensation. I always describe it as when you go to the toilet for a wee and then you wipe with the toilet paper. It's like that. 
it's like, yeah. oh, slippery slide. That's really wet today. Um, yeah, you'll just know. But Megan, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I've loved having you on and sharing on this topic. Um, forever grateful. And um, thanks for being here. Pleasure. My, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.